0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special conversation with Annette Miller, who is a extraordinary actress, a wonderful tour de force actress. You actually have been doing a one-woman show, Golda's Balcony, where for the entirety of the play, it is you on stage. As Golda, start to finish. And there is no time, like right now, for the story of Golda. So, Annette, I wanted to ask you, here in this Gan Chapel, what do you think the resonance of the story of Golda is for our time now, especially
1: post-October 7th? Well, you know, the play is her journey. I mean, it starts with a phone call, she tells everyone, with a phone call that she got four o'clock in the morning, Saturday, Yom Kippur, 1973. And suddenly, here we are with a similar phone call that happened October 7th. And um, it's chilling for me. It's just chilling. She has a line on the second page. It says, Half my cabinet generals, and not one of them could smell yesterday that today it's war. You know, so that's pretty uh heart rendering, and um you know, we we thought that was behind us, and uh what happened that day will never understand, um, and so, what is the resonance, you know, today? You know, she says it in the play: the fate of Israel is at stake. It is, and um, so for me, it's it's very resonant. Uh, and the, it's very today, but the important thing is that it—she was also full of hope. She also had such a will, such a desire for that state to be—what did she say? Ben-Gurion said it would be the homeland for the redemption of the human race. I mean, that was a big order. But um, that's what she was hoping. Uh, I think we were all looking for a homeland for us. And I never quite have felt so unsafe. I, I'm not speaking to, I haven't spoken to many Israelis. But you know, I, I think it's a different country there now. I, I don't know, but the feeling of safety Certainly has to be doubted much more now.
0: Mm. Now you began this mm-hmm. role. You began production mm-hmm. before October seventh. Yeah. What drew you
1: initially to the story oh, of well, Golda? It's, uh, <laughs> um, so I actually performed this show in two th- two thousand two. Um, it was created. I created the role then, and um, so then. I think 9-11 had just happened. Mm. You know, it was very weird. And Israel was just in a different place. And uh, it was more of a, a history lesson. And it's always inspiring because it's... She talks about the absolute need for Israel for the Jewish people for our peoplehood. I mean, you know, she has, her first memory is of a pogrom in Russia. So, that's where she's coming from, I think. Her earliest memory is of the pogroms in Russia. And so, so she went off 1921. Two dozen young Idealists sailing off to utopia. And uh, so it shows the whole struggle. So, what drew me to it now, it's, it's sort of interesting because the artistic director, um, Alan Burroughs, said to me last January, when he th- pla- thinks of the season, What about we revive Golda? And people had been asking me. And I thought, OK. And then suddenly, the um, protests started. When did the protests start? Yeah, like more than a year. yeah, I mean, like March, you know, before. And so we did the show last summer, and there were all these protests going on. And I only felt Golda would have been right there with them protesting. Really. Oh, yes, it was a, t- a tremendous impetus for me. Hmm. She would have been, you know, protesting. And, uh, and then this now. So it's a fascinating thing to me about my art form. You say the same words in a different time, hmm. and you are suddenly in a different place. Hmm. You know, I'm 22 years older. Mm-hmm. We did it in 22. The world has changed. We all hear things differently. We see things differently. And so that's, and it's different every night anyway because the audience is always different. So it's, it's just very exciting and live each time I do it.
0: As you inhabit Golda, Mm. what are some of the lessons that you have learned from her story Mm. that have shaped your own
1: or that you think should shape ours? (laughs) Well, we could all be like Golda. I mean, you know, she's looking at her life. She's like 73, I think, um, at the time of the play. (laughs) Um, And... You know, it's it's after she's resigned, mm-hmm. although she looks back, and she looks at the choices she made and ends up saying and feeling, and I feel with her, <laughs> that she made the choices she had to mm-hmm. with her life, with her family. That was a problem for her. Um, and... Uh, She was dedicated. So what I get from it, what I think we could all get from that, is that kind of dedication to and passion for something that is at the very core of your existence and to just go for it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what that's the only thing that will take us through. To have a passion for something you must do and Um, and kind of zone into how you relate to the rest of the world, what you need and what you have to have for you will in some way contribute to the world. I mean, we all can't be Golda. I'm pushing that a little bit farther.
0: It's called Golda's Balcony, right? Right. So that's the balcony. So Mm -hmm. as Golda gets on her balcony, looking over the rest of her
1: life... No, she's looking at something else. She's on that balcony... She has many balconies she speaks of in her life. Yes, tell us. She has the balcony where she looks out on the Mediterranean, and she sees the ships arriving. Mm -hmm. The literal balcony. Yes, she's looking out on the Mediterranean, and she sees the ships arriving with the exiles, the survivors, the refugees. She sees that. She hears her son play the cello the celloist that her husband wished he was. And then, Gold is Balcony is her observation post, which she visited so often that they called it Gold is Balcony, mm. into Demona. <laughs> and she describes that. And that's
0: huge. Tell us a little bit more about Demona, because I mm-hmm. was told that there's a f- very intense scene mm-hmm. in Golda's balcony mm-hmm. where she is um, trying to exert some pressure
1: to mm-hmm. get
0: arms. Well, we don't want to give the whole play away. We don't want to give the whole play away <laughs> to get arms into <laughs> Israel. Mm-hmm. And there is a pretty intense moment yes. with a potential nuclear Yes. Uh, it's the hardest phone call I ever made. <laughs> Tell me about that scene. Tell me its meaning for you. Is that based in uh, the under, the historic understanding of what happened? How much of that is uh, fictionalized? How much you of know, that is
1: history? Uh, she says that she gives that message to um, uh, Dinitz, her, I guess the ambassador, no, not the ambassador. I guess he was the person in, in Washington for her, and says to go and tell Kissinger that our nuclear bombs are loaded and operational. Mm. What do you do with that? Mm. So, um, uh, and then she says, but Simka demanded that he and Kissinger be alone for their meeting mm. to hear her message. So no record exists of what was said. Mm. So, fiction or not, no record exists of what she threatened Kissinger. It's, it, 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 it's amazing. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, Gibson... Uh, William Gibson, the writer, researched this. He did another play about Golda, just called Golda, mm-hmm. with all the characters on the stage—thirteen, you know. Diane was there, and um, well, all of them: Dado, everyone, um, Perez. And this was different because he went back over there and he looked at her calendar um, of her days. <laughs> she was no longer alive, and he said to her assistant what are all these X's on these days on the calendar? And, oh, that was when she was in Demona, observing, seeing what was going on there. So she was there, obviously. I mean, she was the prime minister. And um, she says something really marvelous at the end. She says about the temple weapons, which is what they call them, the temple weapons, I can't answer. And, and then she has her memory of when she was a child, about 75 years ago. I don't want to give away the whole thing, but it's kind of wonderful. So, you know. It feels to me that she's asking the big question what happens when idealism becomes power? Mm, Such an important question. To save a world you create, how many worlds are you entitled to destroy? (laughs) It's heavy. Wow, yeah. a really important question. Yeah, is yeah. That, I don't know any answers. Is that
0: question <laughs> resolved for you in no. your embodiment of Golda, or is it more. I mean, left the question is out not resolved, there.
1: yeah, it's left out there. I, I, the question is, is not resolved, but it's an important question that we all have to ask each other, ourselves. So you like to do talkbacks after well, I, yeah, the play. Well, yeah, I do, play. I do, because the audience always wants to know what's happening. So yeah. what are some of the important
0: questions that mm-hmm. people ask? What are some of the most interesting questions for you that you've been asked, and what are some of the unresolved questions? Um,
1: you know, it, it's hard. I, it's hard for me to know now what the questions were because I'm after the show, when we do those questions, when they ask us. And um, a lot of it is about my preparation for the show and how I inhabited Golder and my research and all of that. Um, And for the most part, people begin to talk about what they believe, what is happening at the moment, whatever the moment is in Israel. So it's sort of going to be interesting. This time, I mean, they don't put me on the, you know, on the stand. And what do you think about this? You know, um, but they talk about it themselves, and so I, I think what happens is that when a community gathers, they get to express their feelings, what came up for them, and so I can't really say what questions. Um, you know, it depends who my guest is. Um, I'm very excited. We're going to have Jonathan Sauner give a talk back for us. Um, Shula Reinhart is going to join me. Mark Baker from the CJP will join me. Um, we have a few others that we're hoping will come along as well. Um, and uh, and we'll find out. What's most important about the play for me, why I feel it is so important to do now, is that you get a chance to look at the beginnings of Israel as well, because this is her journey. And so you, I I, I don't think the kids who are in college now know anything about the beginnings. Mm. I mean, I really don't think they know their history. I think, you know, Israel came on the map Uh, October 7th. Mm. Do do you know what I mean? I don't think they understand the struggles. They don't know the past wars. They don't know about 47, 48, you know, 56, 73. They they really don't. They don't know what it meant. And um, so I think they get a chance to understand through Golda the struggle, the struggle for our people, the necessity for our home, and what our dreams are for the home if you'll just let us live. Mm. (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, we've made such marvelous um, progress, uh, unbelievable, in the 75 years. It's, It's unbelievable. And... So, if one could keep on that track, with all, with everything else trying to pull us down, that'd be nice. <laughs> Amen to that. Um,
0: what is a Temple Emmanuel member going <laughs> to
1: find at Golden's Balcony? I think they're going to be able to participate. With me in the journey and, and ask to themselves the same questions that she's asking. And be, because uh, it's very real. So when you're in a theater, I mean, the idea is uh, to have something happen to you. And we sold out um, this summer. I'm hoping we'll sell out now because people felt recognized. They saw themselves in that. They saw their struggle. They saw maybe where they have to go, what they can do, Um, make them more connected with their own passion I think that's what would happen. That's what I, I, I hope. And of course, she ends with saying shalom. She can't say goodbye without one word, the best, shalom, shalom. And, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to get that. It's <laughs> what we have to work for. Um, and it's got lots of her humor in it, too. You know, she was known for her quips. She was so fast. She had an answer. And she was so down to earth. I mean, so she was the only prime minister we've ever had that actually didn't serve in the army. Mm-hmm. You know, most of them, all of them, have been in the army. I mean, that's the progression. In Israel, the army is there. Harvard. I mean, let's not talk about that now. <laughs> oh dear. Um, mm-hmm. What is your
0: favorite piece of of Golda that you are able to uh, embody? Is it her humor? Is it her longing? Is it her questions? Which piece really continues to come up again and again
1: for you? Um, her passion. Her passion, her struggle, you know to have, to leave this world in a better place than she found it, and it just it just doesn't look that way right now. you know I mean, I never thought in my life um, you know, I graduated from Brandeis in fifty eight It was ten years after Brand, uh, after israel. I mean, Brandeis University was founded the same. Years, the state of Israel, 48. And I never kind of thought that we would be in this place now where it's tenuous. I mean, it's, we'll survive, and then we have to decide who we are as a people and what kind of a country we can be. I mean, those are, and those are evolving questions, You, you know. Things change, I think that's okay. We don't remain the same, but you have to know what direction you're going to go in at some point. Um, And I think mostly the, the play will make people think and feel. It's one thing to live up here, but if you really get involved in your gut, you combine those two, I think when you begin to listen to what's really inside you and be honest with that, which is what I have to do on stage, you become a bit of a, you should be a little clearer thinker (laughs) Mm. if you connect with something inside you.
0: Does Golda's Balcony have a teaching on regret, right? As we look through our lives, any of our lives, not just Golda's, but any of us, as we look back through our lives and how they have been lived.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. She definitely has regret. I mean, listen, she never forgave herself for the Yom Kippur War. She just didn't. You know, just to kill, to have her boys, she calls, killed was How did that happen under her? You know, she, so yes, that's a huge regret. Um, I don't think she ever regretted her path. I think she had problems, and it's kind of beautiful, beautiful moments in the play with her memory of Morris, her husband, and their relationship, and what she had to do to be who she was. And yes, I mean, I think that she feels bad about that, but, <clears throat> but doesn't regret the path that she took. I, I don't think there are any regrets about the path that she took. And, and there's a, a wonderful book out now called 18 Days in October um, about that war. And it turns out that for someone who was not, uh, a, uh, in, in the army, <laughs> not military. She made some very, very good decisions. You know, that she, she was really quite good um, with the military advice that she got and how to do it. So uh, the book is quite redeeming uh, when they talk about her, which made me feel really good because I think she went through a bad time in, in, uh, in Israel, you know, People didn't forgive her for a long time. And now, interestingly enough, I think she's coming back. Do you get you get that feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: certainly people are yeah.
1: very intrigued by her story. Yeah.
0: and I love your idea that in some ways her story, while none of us are golda, mm-hmm. can fill us with a sense of purpose. Purpose. And I want to ask you, Annette Miller, (laughs) what purpose, what kind of energy does Golda's story fill you with when you're on and
1: off stage? That's, you know, I I so completely get into her head that it takes me a bit to get off. I have found myself to be much more... um, uh, what would I say? I get to anger more easily as I am preparing for her. I, I've noticed that about my yeah. about what I'm doing. I mean, I feel so strongly now about the smallest thing that I do. I mean, so that there's a lot of passion about accomplishing something, getting it done, um, getting the people around you to help you do it. Uh, I think that's from gold. <laughs> I think it's hard to live with. <laughs> but she does uh, she's powerful, and, and you understand struggle. You also understand that there are no simple answers. I mean, she, you know, she, she listened to everything. she watched, she was aware she, um, before she made her decisions. Uh, I think she heard things very well, and how she missed that, she doesn't know, because there were warnings in 73 as well. And um, uh, so I think in her memory, what, what happened at the end fills her memory and how she looks at the beginning. I think that happens to us. You know what? You look at yourself from uh, from where you are now is different than you were then, and you view things differently. Mm. Um, so uh, she recognizes, you know, her through line about you know wanting to have a paradise, and she realized that was unreasonable. And she says, when you're young, that does not seem unreasonable. When she quotes Mm Ben-Gurion, the homeland for the redemption of the human race. I mean, what chutzpah? (laughs) What country can ever be that? But when you're young, you can. So that energy of hers, you know, wanting that, and realizing it couldn't be.
0: Now, I've been told that mm-hmm. in the audience mm-hmm. at Goldest Balcony, people forget to breathe.
1: <laughs> that it's That's what they say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> have to breathe a lot. <laughs> so I want to
0: ask you about that. What is that like mm-hmm. for you to be part of that environment that is so immersive? How do you feel about feel being a part of that?
1: No, I feel alive. I feel very much alive on stage. I feel alive, alive with the people that are in the audience, that we're all here together. And, um, uh, I'm saying these words, I'm feeling these words, and, and hopefully you are too. I'm sort of talking to empty chairs here. (laughs) And it, um, it's very fulfilling. I mean, I wouldn't do it if it weren't. I mean, it, it makes you feel that you do have some kind of um, impact, or that even for the moment, you know, to imagine that people change their lives, I don't think so. But even if it happens then, we have to be happy for that. <laughs> mm, that there's one thing
0: in this play, in this moment, mm-hmm. that causes us to ask a different question.
1: Yeah, about our lives. So about our th- lives. About who we are, what we want, what we really want, mm. and what's gonna be. I mean, the question all around is what's gonna be? And there are no answers, are there? So we just know the moment, mm. right? Um, mm. So, my last question for you
0: <laughs> What do you feel that gold does Torah for this moment? Is you know. for Israel and for us in the diaspora.
1: Well, I th- I think she was pretty strong. I uh, I think. Look, she says, but it doesn't seem to be what's going on now. She says in the play. Um, she says that the. Uh, We will each find our, it's written in the Torah, for a homeless people to find their place. Mm -hmm. I mean all people, even our neighbors, including our neighbors who want a state too. And she says, nothing, you know, that can happen if you would only grant us one right to exist here. So, I mean, she came at the end. I don't think that Golden was a great lover of the Palestinians. You know, her life, she was very busy fighting all the time. I mean, you know, she's, there were riots all the time. I mean, there were big wars, but there were always riots. But she came at the end of her life to say that the Palestinians needed a state. I, I mean, so I don't know what the Lesson is I don't know how one goes about it. If we knew that, <laughs> you know, uh. but she. So your your question was, what is the lesson?
0: Yeah, w- what would be her life lesson, her Torah, something that she taught, something that mattered to her, that we could apply now to this moment that we face as a Jewish people, that Israel faces today.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, she is, you've just got to go on. (laughs) You just have to do the work and go on. And Abdullah says to her, ah, only the spirit makes life fruitful. She says, work doesn't hurt. (laughs) I mean, you've got to do the work for it. So I, I think that's inspiring, I mean, for me. That's what I, I, I get at. We can't dream and, and, and uh, we can't just pray. We have to pray, but we have to do the work. So pray and
0: <laughs> the work and the work goes on and on and on. And
1: so And I think, um, I think she was all for that. I think that's what's so exciting about it. So come see it.
0: And so our our prayer for you in front of this arc Uh here is, may you, Annette, go on and on. Thank you. And may we continue to be inspired by your gift of telling Golda's story. Thank you so
1: much. I I feel so blessed, so blessed. When I was first given the script, I said, who am I? Who am I to take on (laughs) this woman? And so I've, I have learned a lot from her. She never shirked from a challenge, you know? Um, and she prepared for the challenges. And She had some sort of inner, I don't know where you get that, confidence. Mm. She had that a bit, you know, that I could just do it. I'm here to learn, I'm excited by something And, yeah, I can go for it. And I think that's kind of nice if we all walked away with that. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So come and see it on March, um, on February 23rd to March 10th. February 23rd to March 10th at the Jackie Liebergat Theater at the Paramount Center um, in downtown Boston on Washington Street. Well, look forward
0: to hearing all of your thoughts, God willing, of what you experienced when you go to see Golda's Balcony. Thank you, Annette. Thank you. It was a privilege to speak with you
1: today. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Always good to speak with you.